and brightest day and blackest night. All other podcasts tremble in fright. Losers cower before the power. Oranges lust and blues you can trust. Indigos feel and white ones heal. Yellow scare and green ones dare. That sapphire love and black hands glove will rock your foundation without hesitation. Chad and Mars face evil's minds. Respect their power for they'll make you see the light. Hi everybody, I'm Chad Bokelman. I'm Mark Marble. And this is the Lantern Cast. Episode 406. DC, DC Fandom! There you go, Mark. Now you can play around with effects like Echoes and see if that works. <laughs> I, I, I might give it a shot. I make no guarantees. Let's see how this process goes with, on this new computer. But nonetheless... Uh, that's right. We're talking DC Fandom, right? Yes, we are. Uh, you want to give people a rundown of what we're talking about so that they don't like pull up every article from from the event and instead only pull up the relevant stuff? Well, I'm sure people will not be singing along at home with us. <laughs> um, but so we decided to break this down. It, it's pretty straightforward. We're going to talk about um, two video like video game trailers, right? That leaked mm-hmm. uh, that they released, not leaked. These were official. Um, so Gotham Knights World Premiere and Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League. We're going to be doing those first. We're going to actually do the first peek at the Suicide Squad that was released. We're going to do the, even though there were more than one, we're going to do the uh, official teaser for that Black Adam, the one that The Rock narrates. We're going to do Wonder Woman official main trailer. We're going to do, God help us, we're going to do the Snyder Cut official trailer. We're going to talk about The Flash movie the you know which is still supposed to be some variation on flashpoint though obviously how much it will resemble resemble flashpoint remains highly debatable storyline from the comics i mean and last but not least we're going to wrap with the batman um the teaser trailer for that that was that was released that's right so uh two quick caveats if you're here for lantern content this isn't the episode uh, but we are, we'll talk about lantern related or unrelated stuff, uh, in a future episode in terms of, uh, what DC was promoting. Uh, and the second co- caveat is that the first two trailers that we're going to be playing might be a little boring ish to the listener only because they're gameplay trailers. So there's not a whole lot of voiceover because what you're, what you're actually hearing is action and soundtrack because what they're showing is the gameplay. There's a little bit of storyline sort of sandwiched on either side of that in terms of voice track, audio, that sort of stuff. Uh, so just giving you that heads up so that gameplay trailers aren't like real trailers. Uh, although there is a little bit more talky-talky in the Suicide Squad one. So do you want to start with that one, Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League? Sure. We could do that first if you'd like. All right. So we are uh, – just to let you guys follow along at home if you want, uh, we'll just let you know before every video. We are on the DC YouTube channel. And we're looking at Suicide, it's called Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League official teaser trailer. We're at the zero mark. And go ahead and hit play, guys. 
keep it down, Hal. My ears are still ringing after that last Barney. <laughs> what is that? Australian for hangover? I believe I can translate. Boomerang has a concussion. From the enemy you missed in our last encounter. <laughs> Guess those teeth are sharper than your eyes, Shark Man. I never, you never miss. miss. Never miss. Yeah, yeah, we bloody know. You never shut up about it. <laughs> Task Force X. Alpha target is in the open. Get your asses to the Metropolis Grand Hotel and engage. Before I have another reason to blow those bombs in your heads. Shit. knock a few years off the old sentence. That's reminding me of something. Oh yeah! Wally's stupid alpha target. Who are we supposed to be killing again? Whoa! Look! It's Superman! The mighty Superman has just rescued that pilot! What a show off. Beat it, Spandex! We're on a top secret assassination mission here! No. No. So, figure out who we're killing yet? Oh, fuck! You know, those traces I won't you everything about rock a microphone like that damn boy with steel stage three. What'd you think? It was okay. It finished. It finished strong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boomerang hitting him in the head. Yeah, that's a smart plan. Um, it, it's it. I guess the end makes it more intriguing. Uh, but it's not like the sewers. It's not like the Suicide Squad as a concept does anything for me. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't know. It dep- I, I guess it could. It could be entertaining. I it. Does it does it pump me up? No, um, but it's a it was amusing. Yeah, I mean the the graphics look fantastic. Yeah. Now that being said, there's a big difference. I mean, not not a really that much of a difference anymore, but still a difference between like scripted story arc, like the cutscenes between gameplay, which is clearly what this is. Like you know, you're not none of what you just saw was you actually playing. It was just, uh, you know, a cutscene to show you something, in, in, like in the story arc, uh, and that's usually how games go. Gameplay is a little bit more 
a little bit different in terms of quality, but still quality wise, this was pretty off the charts. Um, I like the comedy aspect being in a video game. What just really sucks is I can't play these guys. I've said this before on the show, but I can't play a lot of games that come out because of the way the camera moves, the way the character moves in relation to their environments and stuff like that. It gives me nausea and people are like, just take some Dramamine. I'm like, I'm not going to take pills to play a game, but uh, you know, I have been able to, to discover over the years that, you know, I've now, I now have a Nintendo switch and I can play animal crossing and like worms, weapons of mass destruction. And, and I've sort of gotten back into the gaming sort of landscape. And I know my brother-in-law, Gary, is probably going to get one of the at least one of the two games that we talk about, if not both, depending on how you know Suicide Squad looks as we get closer and closer to its actual release date. But uh, this was cool, man. I really liked it. Uh, one thing I thought was interesting: Boomer, his his is he like he's, he's he can't be a speedster. His he, what he's wearing has to be like somehow quantum locked to his boomerang and it takes him sort of with him when he throws it because he was zipping through this through the scenes like like a speedster every time he threw his boomer boomerang that is true so there may be some some enhancing going on here maybe depending on again once depending on the the actual gameplay and the plot of, the plot of the game more than more than what they're hinting at obviously in the teaser so yeah, it was that that was that that was intriguing, and the idea that obviously that the the putting in King Shark, basically he's he's filling the role for like a Killer Croc. <laughs> we need some water dwelling mutant monstrosity to put in. This time we go with uh, King Shark. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I I I really enjoyed it. Like I said, it looks it looks really cool. Um, you know, what's interesting is the rumors were spreading for quite a while that Rocksteady was developing a Superman game, a la, you know, Batman, Arkham Knight, and Arkham City, and those sorts of games, but you're playing as Superman in Metropolis. I'm wondering if this was the game that those rumors spawned from, because this is, I mean, we didn't mention it, uh, and nor does the trailer say it, so if you're just listening along at home, the, the big opening scene is Brainiac's ship over Metropolis. That's what all the battle stuff and the various little kind of alien fighting stuff that you hear in the background is sort of Brainiac-ified people um, or Brainiac uh, aliens or robots or whatever being taken out by the Suicide Squad. And Brainiac's ship looks massive, but it's it's hovered over or in literally sitting on Metropolis with its tentacles sort of all over the place. Um so the fact that this takes place in Metropolis, the fact that the big villain, at least in this scene, in this background, is, is Brainiac, that the big, uh, you know, kind of, you know, it says, you know, kill the Justice League, but that the fact that the opener is so heavily focused on Superman, I'm wondering if this is the Superman Rocksteady game people thought, or is Rocksteady still developing yet another game? I mean, it's a, it's a game company. I'm, I'm positive they're working on other projects, but is another project an actual Superman game? That is, that's true. That is an intriguing question, I guess. I guess we'll find out soon enough, or maybe, maybe this, uh, this, it was kind of like a little splitting, splitting of the hairs where they knew that they were, going to be doing this and this was going to be the groundwork depending on how how it, how this game goes over to do the full do the full on uh, Superman game or 
it will, so I will be, yeah, I guess we'll have to see exactly how that plays out. All right, you want to move to the next one, tell people what we're watching? Yeah, so now we're going to do the Gotham Knights World Premiere Full Reveal trailer. And actually, right, and we're on about the CNET highlights. That's the trailer that I, that's the, that's the page that we're on for this. Um, I'm at one second, but that's good enough, I suppose. <laughs> All right, here we go. In breaking news, we've received reports of an explosion somewhere north of the city. We're still waiting for the police to confirm if there are any victims. This story is evolving rapidly. Please bear with us. We heard this really loud boom. There was smoke everywhere. Emergency services have confirmed that they've discovered a body buried in the wreckage. We're still waiting for further details. Emergency International news, an explosion rocked Gotham City earlier today. You're now able to confirm that billionaire philanthropist Bruce Wayne is... automatically triggered when I destroyed the cave and everything it contained. We both know it won't take long for Gotham's criminals to realize the Batman is gone. And you can't count on the GCPD. Never trusted us since Jim died. Gotham will need its protectors more than ever. I'm leaving you the Belfry as space of operations. Some of the technology is outdated, but it has the gear you need and all of my files. You've always had my back when I needed you. I know you'll keep Gotham safe. Good luck. And goodbye.
one talks about them. Not a whisper word is said. For if you try to cross them, then the town strikes you dead. Gameplay, man. The more and more DC games, you know, and I'm not going to just limit to DC. The the Spider Man game, you know, the just zip line, just zipping through, man. Just DC gameplay, man. I I just and not just I'm not just going to limit to DC, but Marvel with with the Spider Man game just zipping through the city. How massive that world is because my brother in law has that Spider Man game, and I saw him. You know, it takes maybe about maybe 15 20 minutes depending on how intense uh the camera angles and movement is for me to start feeling you know a little nauseated or whatever um i mean but once it sets in it's it hangs around for a little bit so that's why i I try not to let it happen but i saw a lot of the gameplay uh and how expansive that map was for the spider-man game so seeing him play the arkham games back you know when those were coming out this new game, the Suicide Squad game, the Spider-Man game, I just, I would, I'm such a comic fan and I'm missing out on this whole world. And this looks awesome. They have to, would you say that this is an accurate statement? They're, they're adapting what has to be, and this is the part I'm asking for accuracy on, the most popular Batman story in the past two decades. I would assume that's what they're trying to do, yes. Yeah, so the Court of Owls. It's uh, great, uh, Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo guys from New 52 run of Batman. This is, man, that was such such a good run. I don't own a lot of Batman trades. I mean, I've, I've got I've got a few of them because there's a shit ton of Batman out there. So if you're a DC fan, it's hard to just say, you know what, I'm not going to get any Batman stuff. Uh, but, man, the Court of Owls saga all the way up into the death in the family or death of the family. Is uh, it's just a really good chunk of Batman stuff, and Greg Capullo kills that art. But what's interesting here is they're adapting the Court of Owls into this storyline, but Bruce is around in in a part of the Court of Owls comic. So the fact that Bruce dies is is sort of half in canon with the books, and half. Did you read the Court of Owls? No. I, I, no. Okay. You got to man. It's if you're interested in Batman at all, it, it's it's worth it. But either way, in the Court of Owls, there's a part where Bruce has lots of parts where Bruce has these really intense meetings with the court uh, and up going up against the Talon. But he kind of finds the base of operation of, of the court, and he quote unquote dies almost dies. It's been a little while since I read it, so I guess they could like do the whole thing where. The intro to this game, the reason Bruce is dead is he found the court, and now the Bat family is going after whatever killed Batman. So that could still theoretically line up like we're just missing a portion of this story and then adapting the rest. And the other interesting thing is the whole sort of 
trilogy of Snyder and Capullo's Batman intro there in the New 52 was a death of the family in which Joker comes back. And it's the one with the, the face peeled off. Right. Uh, and he has kidnapped the Bat family. And he's got them all around like a table as he invites Bruce into the room. It's this really creepy scene. So Joker is dead in this in this universe because my you know my brother my brother in law doesn't read comics, but he plays these games, so he'll talk to me occasionally about the arcs that happen in them and you know ask me to compare it to what I know about the DCU stuff like that. So I do know that Joker's supposed to be dead in this universe that they've built here in this Ar- these Arkham games. So there's all these little seeds being planted that it could be a almost straight adaptation leading into the game, maybe ending with Joker's back. Um, or they just deal with the court and don't go into the Joker or like there's a tag because these games now they have taglines too. Now, Maybe the tag is, you know, Joker sneaking into GCPD and somehow getting his face or something like that. Because if I remember right, Joker was missing his face. It was an evidence lockup somehow, cold storage or whatever, at GCPD, I think. And he snuck into Gotham, uh, into GCPD, and grabbed his face and then strapped it to his head. Uh, and that's where you get the creepy the creepy Joker. Um so I don't know, man. Uh, it's it's hard it's hard to speculate since you haven't read Court of Owls. But what did you think of just the the gameplay? The fact that Batman is out and we've got it looks that suit looks like Damien. That that's got to be Damien. But and the, then, but but the staff is more Tim, isn't it? See, that's what I was thinking. I was hoping Tim, but it's not like Damien isn't a world renowned. You know, he he was trained by Raish and Talia, so. Oh. You know, he could use really anything, and it's not like the staff hasn't been a part of Robin, you know, for a long, long time. And it's primarily Tim, but it's definitely been used by other Robins. The suit looks like Damien, but because he's older, I was so hoping it was it was Tim, because that's my favorite Robin. Not that I get to play this. Yeah, when, when I was when I was looking at it, my I was that was one of the things I was trying to figure out too, because I mean. Obviously, it's not. You have Nightwing, you have Red Hood, you have Batgirl, and then the question is whether which which Robin is Robin, whether it's whether it's. And I, I kind of just worked under the assumption that it was because of the those clues that it was Tim, um, but it it could be it could be Damien. Um, just like I mean, he's he's older. I hope Tim. But the suit looks like Damien. Yeah, it's it. It could go. It could go either way. We um, we also know that obviously uh, Tim hasn't really been Tim. Tim is, has been suffering the Wally West fate for a while now, as far as where he belongs. And the Kyle Rayner fate. <laughs> no, but no, it's not the same because Kyle Kyle. From the new fifty two going forward, Kyle Kyle was always there and Kyle and even from New Fifty Two into Rebirth and everything else, Kyle never stopped being a, a character. He didn't stop having a role. As opposed to Wally who didn't even exist and or the one who did exist wasn't the real Wally and Tim Drake was basically like out of time because that's because uh, Jor-El was- had him. 
captured. Oh, okay. Was 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 Red Robin? I guess Red Robin the series was prior to New Fifty Two, wasn't it? Yeah, I think when they did that spinoff, that was yes. Yeah. So yeah. So, so in a way, I mean, Tim 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 wasn't quite as much of a dirty word as Wally West, but but he probably probably has had store fewer stories told about him than, than Wally West. I actually don't I don't even remember what they did with Tim Drake after the. Uh, I just know he was one of the people being held. He was being held captive, and I think uh, Jor-El, Mr. Oz, was kind of like o- overseeing, overseeing where he was. I'm assuming I don't, actually I don't remember if he was the one who apprehended him or what Doctor Manhattan apprehended him, and Jor-El was just keeping an eye on him or keeping him safe from Doctor Manhattan. I don't remember because once that, you know, once um, Jurgens left that book, that's when my interest in Superman kind of waned in Rebirth. Yeah, you read way more of that Jor-El stuff. Than I read some of it because it definitely caught my eye, but at the, at the time it was just like, oh, shit, there's too much to keep track of, and I'm just not, I'm so far behind, I'm done. Yeah, so I, so it prob- so on that level, it probably is Damien, but when I first saw it, then my natural instinct, just because I don't like Damien that much, and I haven't really read much about, with Damien, that my natural instinct was, oh, I see the staff, I see, I see the age, of, see the age of the character. That it makes me think that it would be if you're gathering in the different, the different components of Batman legacy that have kind of been scattered across and and, and have gone their own way and been brought back together. That it would make more sense on that level for it to be Tim. But it, but but you were correct. It, if from a speculation perspective, if we had to bet, Damien probably would be the would be the way to bet. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure because, like I said, I I only get sort of glimpses of these games. I can't remember Robin's role in the games prior to this and which Robin it was. If I did, then, you know, obviously we'd be able to tell. I'm sure we could Google it really quick, but, you know, I'm not going to pretend I know stuff by Googling it. So I, I don't know. It, it, you're right. It definitely could be Tim because Tim primarily used the bow. So. All right. Uh, anything else you want to say about it? I mean, I know, again, I can't play it, and you're not much of a gamer, so. Which is funny because, completely unrelated, but I'll, I'll say it nonetheless, that uh, I was talking with Jim over the weekend about the fact of we were talking about, we were talking about video games. And the fact that I, I actually forgot that I, I, have, I still have the Nintendos and the Super Nintendo, the system. For some reason, I thought I traded in my Nintendo. I knew I had the Super Nintendo because I kept almost all my games, including the Death and Return of Superman. So Which actually, sucks. I hate that game. I love that game and I hate it because it doesn't have a save point. Oh, if it had Super a save point, I'd I'd be so much happier with it. Oh, what, Superman? <laughs> yes. Yes. Which it, but I hooked it up. I hooked it up to a, a flat screen TV, an old an older one that I wasn't using last night, actually, and it worked. And then before you and I started recording today, I said I just brought the Super Nintendo up and hooked it up to the flat screen in this room. I just plugged it into the antenna port that's not being used. It took me a while to figure out how, what what of the what setting I had to put it on. I had to put it on the TV setting on the on the the remote to get it to actually register on channel three, so I could see the game. But yes, that is the one negative to that game is that you have to play it. I mean, yes, technically you could just leave it on and pause it if you needed a break or whatever. But you, in order to solve it, yes, you have to play it in one sitting, and that is annoying. But I last last night I played. And I had, like I said, I I love that game so much, and it's a great game. 
and the graphics are really good considering we're talking like you know nineteen like ninety five ish when this game came out. That I considering I hadn't played it in probably close to like at least fifteen years or or, or, long, or more, probably more. I picked up on it pretty quickly, so I got all the way. Through, I probably got about halfway through before I crapped out. I got to the end of the um, Metropolis Kid level when he was, when Superboy was fighting Cyborg Superman in Coast City. And I mm-hmm. got to the end, but I didn't. I knew I wasn't going to be able to beat him because I didn't have I I didn't have enough lives left, and I didn't have enough special attacks left. And unlike a lot of the other Superman, you can't really you 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 really. You really can't go toe to toe with him if you're if you're Superboy. You have to be a little. You have to use speed and different tactics because he's also bigger than you. So he's got to. Re- is uh, is is Connor te- techno kinetic in that game or no? I can't remember. I think. Well, I think so. I think that might be his might be his special it might be his special attack because obviously he shoots the blast out of his hands. Right. Because you use because that's his that's his energy attack and that's how you use. That's what you use to destroy the missile that's heading to Metropolis to try to turn that into the second engine city. Uh, and I think that I think so. I think that might be his 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 special attack. But I did, yeah. But for some, but for some reason, I felt compelled to try, because I had been talking to Jim to try it last night. It's like let me set it up. And it was like okay, and, and it worked. I played it for like I didn't play it for that long. I played it for maybe like a little over an hour. And I got about halfway through, and I was like, okay. So then, but then I, like I said, I played it before we recorded tonight. I got, I only got, I only, I only got through towards the end of the Cyborg Superman screen in Cadmus, just because I knew I didn't have. I started it with only like one life left anyway, so I got, I kind of, I got, I got almost to the end, which was pretty good. But, but the key, the key is make, the key is always making sure you die in the next level, because <laughs> at least you get to pick up on that level if you. As opposed to having to start all over again, and I mean, none of these screens are that bad, but when you get to the end, it's a little pain. Like the steel one, like in the steel one at the end in Engine City, that's a pain in the ass if you get almost and you fail, because that's kind of the hardest level, I think, from how what I remember using that level with with steel. But the graphics are really fun in that game. I mean, all the special attacks, the Eradicator is so damn awesome in that game that. I just, yeah, so I know it's kind of a tangent, but since we're talking games and you mentioned not being a gamer, it was just kind of ironic because of the fact that I felt compelled to hook that old system up the last two nights and I've been, and I've been spending a couple hours on it. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I actually have bad news in that regard. Uh, this was a couple, a month or two ago I discovered this, but I, uh, I've, I've always had my Super Nintendo hooked up, um, to the TV. Uh, so I could just pop in a game and play it. Uh, I tried the power the other day. Nothing happened. Oh. I, I haven't I haven't taken it apart yet to you know dissect it and see if maybe something needs to be replaced and maybe I can do it myself. Um, but yeah, but hey man, I've had that thing since I was a little kid, and the idea that and this it, it's not like I you know my parents got rid of it and then I ended up a few years went by and I went man I wish you could play that again and went and rebought it. No, this is the same unit. That I, my sister and I played when we were little little kids. So I mean that's a real good run for any console, honestly. Yeah, uh, especially <laughs> especially if you still had it hooked up. I mean, like for me, I haven't had. I mean, I've I have played it in the last since since it first came out. I had played it because I actually remember Liz and I played it because we have that Justice League game where it's like set up the one that's uh, I forget what it's called, but it's Task Force. Yes, ju- correct. Justice League. Because uh, I have that one. Yeah, the one that plays like, uh, whatchamacallit, like, uh, 
Mortal Kombat or Mortal something. Mortal Kombat, yeah. I had that one. No Green Lantern, of course. Which All right. But, yeah, but, but that's fun. It's a fun game, but it's the same kind of graphics. You know. it's, but I think that, that might – is that another Blizzard studio? So maybe – it might be. So I think – because that – only because the graphics kind of remind me a little bit of the graphics in, in The Death and Return of Superman. But I really haven't used this system all that much in the past umpteen years. And even when I had it, I never used it as much as – you know, I, I certainly never put as much wear and tear on it as I did the regular NES. You know, uh-huh. I had that one. That and the genesis of the systems that I really worked hard on and played a lot of games on. Of course, go, if you go back centuries when I was a kid, the Atari, I worked hard too. But it's a different kind of system. But the Super, but the Super Nintendo, I had maybe like five or six. Uh, I probably had like eight games, which I think I have most of. You want to know another game which sucked briefly? That you could that you you could save, but you had to get to the end of a tournament, I think, to save, which was the tennis game that I had. So if you were playing like if you were playing like a, re- a big tournament, whether they I, fi- I forget if they officially called them like Wimbledon and you know, the Grand Slams, if they called them what they really were. But if you played a tournament where it was like the best you had, where it was like a best of five sets, like as far as I could, when I was playing that game, I don't think it was any save point until maybe there was a save point after each match, maybe, but I don't think so. But I think you had to it was after each tournament. Which means if you were trying to, if you were playing Wimbledon, you had to friggin' finish that damn tournament in one set, which sucked. Which means you damn well better win each match in three three straight sets, or you're gonna, or you're never gonna make it. <laughs> but yeah, it did kind of suck that this game didn't have, yeah, didn't have a save feature. That was not well. A lot of Super Nintendo games didn't have that, right? Wasn't that, uh-huh. kind of, that, that yeah. kind of was a flaw with that. I'm thinking back to some of the other games that I, that I had with with that, but yeah. But the good news is this game, it isn't. It takes time, and you're not gonna, you're not gonna solve. Especially if you've never played it, you're not gonna solve it like in an hour or something. But it's not overly complex where you're probably gonna end up spending. You're not gonna spend probably like 20 hours playing this game either. It's just, it's just a matter of, it's just a matter of figuring it out and and. But yeah, yeah. I, but I'm, well, I'm, I'm glad I mentioned that, mentioned it then, especially because you you have mostly fond memories of the game. But yes, the non-save feature was not one of the brighter decisions in that game. Does did make it did make it more complicated. But don't worry, folks. Gotham Knights has a save feature. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Suicide Squad. Yes, we're gonna do Suicide Squad sneak peek trailer, and this one's at we have the on One Media. Uh, that's the website for this trailer. I'm on zero. You ready? Yep. Here we go. I think it's going to surprise people. You kind of sit there and go, how did they do that? It's going to be different from any superhero movie ever made. There's no one better in the world to direct The Suicide Squad than James Gunn. I was excited with an opportunity to be able to do the Suicide Squad in the way it could be done from my point of view. This one is completely unique. This is a gritty 1970s war movie combined with the brilliance of James Gunn's characters and comedy. You need your director to set the vibe. The Suicide Squad is just a twisted fantasy of characters. Within each of our characters, there's a certain beauty. Within most of them. Some of them are just pretty crappy through and through. 
Be like a douchey Captain America. The guy who believes in peace at any cost, no matter how many people he needs to kill along the way. Okay, I got it. Don't ever settle back like you think you know where this is going, because you don't. As soon as you have some sense about what's about to happen next, James comes in. No! Everyone's exploding. Genitals, heads, arms, legs. It's like a big, massive graphic novel brought to life. This is by far the biggest movie I've ever made. I don't think that you know what to expect. Don't get too attached. This has been truly the greatest, most exciting journey of my life making this film. Cut. That was great. Alrighty. For sure. Uh, I'm hyped, man. I would say this. As, as someone who has already said once that, you know, the Suicide Squad from a, as a collective mean absolutely nothing to me, that I am sure this movie will be much more entertaining than I would, that I, it'll be more entertaining than I could hope for considering it's about characters I don't give a shit about. I'm sure it'll be highly entertaining because James Gunn can make a movie highly entertaining. Uh, it, it'll especially be, it'll be a plus two if they don't jam Harley Quinn in your face. Over and over and over and over again. Not saying they won't, but if they use her in moderation, instead of putting her as the poster child for this, that would be a plus for me. Uh, I think based on what, you know, we don't really get to see much in this because it really isn't even a teaser. It's just a, it's just a sneak peek more behind the scenes stuff. It's, it's intriguing, but I'm, again, this, I'm not overly excited. I, I'm sure I will enjoy it when I see it. But no matter, I don't think there's anything that I can see in any trailer for this movie that's gonna make me really excited to see this because I don't care about any of these characters. So, but I think he will do a good job with it, and it, and it will be quite interesting to see what happens when you get, you know, kind of when you let the, the 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 Marvel the Marvel director run have free reign in your universe to see how much like a Marvel movie, quote unquote this movie feels like when we go, when we actually see it. And that's, that's really what I'm hyped about. Honestly, is the idea of we finally getting a, uh, something more lighthearted, uh, with DC Warner going, you know what, man, here's the movie. Have fun. Uh, it sounds like they're just turning him loose and letting him do his thing. Um, I know you don't like the whole argument of, uh, you know, the production company or, uh, you know, getting involved and stifling the creator or whatever, uh, the director. But in, in a way, I, it, it does excite me to make it seem like it, it's just, you know, free reign James Gunn. Uh, the idea of a gritty 70s war movie with James Gunn's style uh, sounds pretty awesome. Um, when they announced the amount of people who are a part of this cast, I was like, holy shit. But then again, the movie is about the Suicide Squad, and they said more than once, don't get attached to people in this film. So I do like that they're just going for it and uh, just offing people in this thing. Uh, so that's that's cool. 
Um, they didn't really do that in the first Suicide Squad movie. It was, um, uh, what was his name? Why am I forgetting his name? The the rope guy. Oh, the one that killed right away. Yeah. Yeah. I, I for- yeah, you're asking the wrong one to remember. For a movie that it, wasn't it, that good to begin with, to remember obscure uh, characters. But you're right. He, they killed. He's a Firestorm villain, though. I should know him. Uh, Roka, uh, Slipknot. That's his name. Uh, yeah, Slipknot. Uh, I should I should have known that. Anyways, uh, yeah, they really only played that card once in the first Suicide Squad movie. So I do like that they're just sounds like they're just going for it with a concept on this one, and it looks exciting, man. It looks exciting. A lot of actors in it that uh, I, I look forward to seeing. I, th- I mean, I think it is an in- it is interesting. Well, and we'll talk about this more when we get to the ju- when we get to the Justice League, uh, the Snyder Cut thing. It's easy. It's easier for someone like James Gunn for them to give to give him keys to the kingdom and say, "Do what you want with this movie," because he's kind of earned that. <laughs> Based on his track record on, on projects, leaving any personal foibles aside. <laughs> um, He's he's earned that, and you as a director that you trust his vision, and so it makes sense that based on what he did with Guardians of the Galaxy, which is similar, that you're picking an obscure group of characters that most people never even heard of, and you made the, and you made them extremely popular, and, and made a you know a different kind of movie that it would make sense that they would want they would want Suicide Squad to kind of be like their Guardians if they were going to do something like that, especially if it's going to be kind of re- re- replaceable, interchangeable characters for the most part, only a few holdovers, but you can just keep rotating different characters and kill them off, have characters leave, things like that. It makes sense that James Gunn would get that much freedom, and that was probably part of part of why they jumped in as quick as they did uh, to grab James Gunn when he was temporarily available. <laughs> so... Yeah, I, I mean, I'm certainly more interested in this than I was the first Suicide Squad movie. But again, these are still characters I don't care about. I don't know, know much about. Doesn't mean I won't find the movie entertaining. I'm sure I will, like I said. But is this gonna is this gonna pump me? No, it's not gonna pump me because it's just nothing that it's not not in my wheelhouse. I mean, it's not. It's kind. It's kind of like I seriously doubt the, anything that the Eternals is gonna show me is gonna pump me either. Doesn't mean I won't see it. Doesn't mean I won't, or I might not like the movie, but that these those characters mean nothing to me. So without anything tied into something that I care about, there's only going to be so much interest I can have in a project, and that's how I feel about that's how I feel about the Suicide Squad. I'm with you, man. Uh, I just I, I care maybe a little bit more about them. Um, I've discovered, especially through doing the. Um, the Action Comics Weekly podcast, which is uh, really non non entity, there was only five episodes of it thus far. Uh, other stuff being planned. Don't worry about it, folks. Anyways, <laughs> uh, I've discovered through doing that, I actually enjoy these sort of side avenues into the DCU with like Secret Six, the original Secret Six, and the and the one that occurred in Action Comics Weekly, where it's just people. You know, it's not superheroes or villains or anybody with powers or a shtick. It's just a, a person. Um, you know, Blackhawk, really loving Blackhawk, uh, things like that. So, 
I think I've got a couple of challengers of the unknown traits. They're not a part of Action Comics Weekly, but that's just another example. These sort of side avenues of DC, which just people thrust into these, you know, crazy uh, situations and teams and things like that. And in some ways, the Suicide Squad is like a happy medium between the two because it's villains nobody gives a shit about. Uh, or people with power sets that nobody gives a shit about. So uh, it's while I don't care about them as much as say Secret Six or Black Hawk or whatever, um, I do care about it enough to where it has me curious and it has me stoked. That's all I can say. That's good then. All right. Uh, Black Adam, official teaser, 2021 Dwayne Johnson DC fandom. We're over on the DC channel this time. Uh, zero mark. It's only one minute, 11 seconds. And uh, let's go ahead and take a look at this one. Here we go. 5,000 years ago, Kondok was a melting pot of cultures, wealth, power, and magic. Yet most of us had nothing, except for the chains around our necks. Kondok needed a hero. Instead, they got me. I did what needed to be done, and they imprisoned me for it. Now, 5,000 years later, I'm free, and I give you my word. No one will ever stop me again. Nice. <laughs> Obviously, going in a, going in a parallax-like vibe with, with, with the version of Black Adam that they're. Uh, that they're going with, which now they will they will almost inevitably be going down the anti-hero road more than the villain road with with Black Adam, which is okay. Uh, I know uh, f- from my perspective, I mean Black Adam has been more interesting in, in modern times, and even when going back to when we when we were dealing with him in the Sinestro book and his relationship with Sinestro, he's a lot more interesting when it when it's not just black and white that he's a bad guy. I think. I think we know, just generally speaking, most villains are interesting when there's a little bit, when there's a little bit of either not just ambiguity, but a little more under the surface than just uh, me bad. Um, so I, I like I like that. I I think that uh, that's a cute little tagline they've been using like, about the hierarchy of power in the DC universe is about to change. Things like that. Obviously, you should be happy that the Justice Society of America is going basically going to be seemingly going his his foil in this movie at least for like hell yeah fate and uh hawkman for sure yep um what a man seeing seeing dr fate in this is gonna look so sick just like look at the the because look it would it would you be wrong do you think i'm wrong in in saying that the animation we just saw in that video or rather the moving stills is probably production art, like you know, to to sort of uh, what what do they use that stuff for? To like sort of uh, storyboard. Just, yeah, storyboard. That's it. That's that's storyboard production art, right? Probably. It has yes. to be. Yes. Okay. So then the 
the the art that we saw because it clearly looks like the rock so if they're going that far to make it look like the rock then the costume also has to be accurate to what they're using in this film that costume looks sick. I love the tattered cape idea. I love the little sort of intricacies because it's not just the straight up, you know, yellow cuffs, uh, yellow cuffs, yellow boots, solid black outfit, you know, lightning bolt on the chest. There's like these little intricacies and engravings and stuff in the suit. And it just looks so cool. So then taking that with how plain the Black Adam costume usually looks in comics and looking at how intricate they made the Black Adam costume and awesome they made that costume look. Then take a character like Dr. Fate, whose costume is way more intricate, not not always like super, but definitely way more intricate than Black Adam traditionally looks in comics. Imagine what Dr. Fate's going to look like. As long as they don't go too overboard with the intricacies, that is going to look sick. Hawkman is going to look sick. I cannot wait to see what they look like. No, I think, not, and not just because The Rock's in this, I think this is the project that, I, and I do respect the fact that obviously this is a passion project for him, since he's kind of been attached to this project for like about, what, six years now. Uh, and so it's... <laughs> Who would ever think that we get? To, well, actually, I think we know the answer to this. We would think that we'd actually get a Black Adam, a Black Adam movie with a release date and going into production soon before a Green Lantern Corps movie. <laughs> oh, but we can cry later about that. Um, but I, I do, I like the fact that obviously we they touched on the magic and Shazam, and now we're going to be dealing with you know exploring that even more, not just with with Black Adam, but with Doctor Fate. So I I do, yeah I I that this is this is the trailer, even though it's not you know it's not real footage so it's it's we have to put the asterisk on this oh the asterisk on it but of all the tr- actual trailers that that they kind of released on some way shape or form during fandom um yeah this is the one that intrigues me the most uh so yeah I'm I was I was I was happy with. I was happy with the with the stuff that came out uh, about Black Adam on this, and I'm glad that it's that it's obviously this is getting closer and closer to you know being a real thing and going into production. I I think that's pretty quick. I think that's soon on the rocks list of projects to start filming anyway. Probably it, it probably has already been pushed back a little bit because of COVID, but but yeah, I think I'm 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 really I'm really pumped for that that. If everything goes well, the next year, you know, Black Adam will be out. So, in addition to Hawkman and Doctor Fate, we will see Adam Smasher. Uh, we definitely, yeah, I'm seeing uh, Hawkman. Uh, looks like Cyclone. Um, so that's cool. Uh, we're also let's see, we we definitely so yeah, Hawkman, Doctor Fate, Cyclone, Adam Smasher. Those are the ones we know for sure of. Uh, it's possible we might see others. Uh, who knows? Um, but, you know, obviously I'm sitting here hoping for <laughs> Alan, for, for Alan, but, you know, whatever. Um, uh, we'll see. Uh, but yeah, man, I, that's all I can really say. So, uh, I guess the next trailer then, huh? Yes, let's do Wonder Woman 1984. We're, we're on the Warner Brothers Pictures site for this one. I'm at the zero mark. 
So let's kick this sucker off. I've only watched this one once. Actually, this one and Justice League I've only watched once and for different reasons, but we'll get into that in a moment. So let's hit it. This world is not yet ready for all that you will do. Your time will come, Diana. And everything will be different. Citizens of the world! I'm here to change your life. Anything you want, anything you dream of, you can have it. Look where you saw Diana, look at you. It's like not one day has passed. I don't want to be like anyone. I want to be an apex predator. You've always had everything. Well, people like me have had nothing. Well, now it's my turn. Get used to it. I've never been one for rules. The answer is always more. Fly. They will never find us. I forgot to tell you. What? Radar. Will they will they shoot at us? Barbara, what did you do? I'm not so keen on this one. I figure uh, you are, but you know what? I'm ready to go. I think we can do better. Parachute pants? Yeah. Um... Does, it, does everybody parachute now? <laughs> uh... Chris Pine's a big selling point for me. This <laughs> the relationship between... Gal Gadot and Chris Pine is probably what uh, to me that was probably one of the best things, if not the best thing, in the, in the original Wonder Woman. So, regardless of the pl- of the plausibility of bringing Steve back, even though obviously they're tying that into the Maxwell Lord, you know, you can get anything you wish for concept in this movie. Supposedly that's how Steve comes back, but the reality is, yeah, their relationship and the continuing. Uh, of that relationship is that intrigues me the most about this trailer. I do like past Pedro Pascal. I'm kind of glad he's coming into his own between this and the Mandalorian. And even though Cumberbatch obviously has been a great Doctor Strange, I still think Pedro Pascal would have been a great Doctor Strange too. Uh, at the time before that movie was finally cast, the Kristen Wiig thing. I don't know. I think the, the CGI for Cheetah doesn't impress me at all. The as before she you know but she transforms maybe I I do like Kristen Wiig, but I don't get the whole gold armor either. Maybe it'll make sense in the context of the movie of why she's dressed like that. Wonder Woman that is. Uh, 
But I, I'm, I mean, again, I'm, in, I'm interested in the movie. I can't say that any of the trailers have made me want to see it any more than my my initial base interest. But those little moments they throw in, like between Steve and Diana, do make it. The fish out of water thing, I like. I like. It's 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 like the crocodile Dundee thing. It's kind of like crocodile D, Dundee one and two, basically, or or the first parts when you end when you end up when you end up switch you end up switching and fish out of water. One person's completely in their out of their environment, and then the other person's completely out of their environment when they and they switch situations and that I kind of like I kind of like that concept. I think well, I think most people can relate to that, and so I like that dynamic here that now he's the fish out of water. Because she's the one who's been in the real, basically been in the world since he disappeared and has seen every all, all the advances in the technology and how the world works, and he's kind of like playing catch up. So I think that's cute. Yeah, it it, it looks good. Um, uh, I, I I admit I don't know a ton about Wonder Woman. I mean, I'm I'm a DC Comics fan. I know I know a fair bit because you know it's hard to immerse yourself in the DCU and not not really catch anything about the, the Trinity. So um, from my understanding, uh, Diana has always felt a sort of culpability or, uh, you know, sort of responsible uh, somewhat for Barbara's origin as Cheetah. Uh, maybe felt she let her down in some way or something like that. So this really seemed to match that. To me, a little bit. It doesn't necessarily show that she's responsible for uh, her becoming the cheetah, but it does show. It seems like she has a connection to her more than just something. Um, more than just something superficial, like you know, two coworkers that never really hung out, or you know, anything like that. So, I'm interested to see where that goes. I still don't know and or care about Maxwell Lord. Uh, and also, it goes almost so far as to it almost makes me not enjoy the return of Steve Trevor. So, like, yeah, sure, from an entertainment perspective, um, will it be cool to see Gal and Chris really interact with each other and, the, and that chemistry and that fish-out-of-water concept you talked about? Uh, will that be cool to see on screen? Yes. But worrying about the, the temporary... Uh, sort of aspect of him being back, or it could be all, all a trick by Max, or you know, it could be all in her head. Whatever the case may be, um, the fact that it's tied into Max makes me nebulous about it. Don't really care as much as maybe I should. Um, so I guess the closer we get to the actual release of the film. Uh, maybe uh, we'll see some more actual storyline and plot revealed, and that can either tip me one way or the other. Right now, I mean, obviously, it's a DC movie. I enjoyed the first Wonder Woman movie. Patty Jenkins is in charge of this one, too. I, you know, I'm going to see it. But in terms of sheer excitement for it, it's it's still got a ways to go for me to be like, holy shit, can't wait. No, I can understand that. I certainly can understand that because, again, I don't, I don't necessarily think that. I don't think this movie's hit it out of the park with any of its trailers. I think it it intrigues you on some level, but I don't think it's been. 
I just don't think, and, and which, on one level, it makes you, I guess it can make you nervous because we've seen enough footage and we've seen enough trailers for this movie. But it, like I said, to me, it has not one of them has ever changed my initial vibe or my my anticipation level for this movie. I think it's I've always had a, a moderate amount of anticipation anticipation for it since I enjoyed the first one. But none of the trailers have made me want to go see this more than I or more interested in the project than I was when I first heard they greenlit it. Um, so I get I get I get where you're coming from. I, I I'm in, I the Maxwell Lord thing. I'm more and I have I'm giving more of the benefit of the doubt to it since we know in in modern times Maxwell Lord and Wonder Woman are pretty. In a way, you can make a case that's <laughs> That's the thing that Wonder Woman is most known for. If you look back, like over the last fifteen, twenty years in comics, that uh, that that's the thing that Wonder Woman is best remembered and known for, as far as her relationship and think between her and Maxwell Lord. So, I, I'm a little more intrigued, I think, than you are. But like I said, it's it to me, it's this is like almost dead center with some of the stuff we've been talking about. We're talking about tonight, as from a trailer perspective. It's not. I'm not super high on it. From what I've seen, but I'm not, but I have an interest. I, I'm not like uninterested. So, all right, let's get it over with. Yep. So, Justice League, the Snyder Cut official trailer. This is from the IGN site, and uh, it's kind of considering it's it's Snyder. I'm surprised this uh, this official trailer isn't ten minutes long. But <laughs> all right, uh, we'll talk about that in a moment too. So let's let, let's roll, baby.
guy's probably fought hundreds of thousands of other super beings on the other planets he's destroyed, right? And we have to assume he's won. I don't care how many demons he's fought and how many hells. He's never fought us. Not us united. Never fought, never fought me. Never fought me twice. Uh, all right. Well, let's before before we get into it, let's just looks like some of the new stuff here. Black suit Superman. Some more sort of a fleshing out of his resurrection. Uh, it looks like we get some some Barry Iris stuff. That's the highlight uh, of the trailer for me. The Iris stuff. <laughs> It looks. It looks like uh, we actually. Speaking of Barry, it looks like we get some Speed Force stuff. Uh, to kind of see him interact with the Speed Force because he does mention it in in the original cut of the movie. He does. He does mention it. So I would assume at some point, you know, they, they wouldn't have him mention it if it doesn't show up at some point. So that makes sense. Uh, and some Dark Side stuff. And Desad. Uh, and Desad. That being said. I still don't see a thing in here that changes the story. Which is what, which is what that whole spat between what him and Scott Mendelson <laughs> was was about. The fact that, yes, here here's the thing. Here's the thing about this. Um, first of all, one thing people before we even I go even go in that direction. The one thing people have to remember here, especially now that we've heard that this is going to be like a four hour thing. This is going to be like four one hour episodes when this shows up on on HBO Max. That one thing people have to realize right off the bat that this ain't the movie you would have gotten if he got to fit if he had gotten to finish his theatrical version. This is still not that version. This is an even more elaborate version because they're giving for whatever reason, maybe because they need a hook for for HBO Max, maybe because uh, the the combined Snyder Whedon Justice League was so bad that they're willing to go back and say, hey, it can't be any worse if we let this guy do what he wanted to do now that we know. Either way, this is not the version of the Justice League movie we would have gotten if Snyder had never been removed from this movie. Because this movie would never have been that long. That's part of Snyder's problem. He makes I, – I, there have been movies that he has made I've enjoyed. But he always seems to – and I, on one level I can respect it, having this epic vision of everything. But the reality is not every friggin' movie needs to be 245, three hours. You kind of have to earn that. You look at, like, The Irishman. Did that movie really have to be as long as it was? No, but you know why it was able to be, regardless of even before it was going on Netflix? It's because Martin Scorsese has earned that right to make a movie that's three hours long based on his track record. Endgame could be three hours long because the anticipation, the interest in that, the payoff for over ten years of buildup and 20-something movies justified a a three-hour cut of that movie. Every other movie does not need you – know, every movie does not, to be, does not need to be that long. BVS, with that extra footage added in, didn't change the fact that the movie still wasn't good. Like you said and other people have pointed out, what we've seen on little snippets aside and we see what's different doesn't seem to change the basic plot of the movie. Is it likely to make this movie, even with him getting much more free reign now and much more time and money than he probably should have, and normally, normally would have. Is it likely this movie is going to be this movie in quotes is going to be substantially better? Probably not, because he had Man of Steel and BVS. Neither one of those was spectacular. So why would why would this movie be this version in that universe be any different? But he just kind of, he just kind of 
Snyder just comes across really kind of as a douche sometimes the way about this. And uh, it's just, I don't know. It's, I don't, I'm interested. I don't want to hear anything more. I, I was so sick of hearing about the Snyder cut even before we, we greenlit it. And then people, and people like, oh, see, we told you. And it's like, no, the people who are buying into the Snyder cut garbage were buying into that. There was actually a pretty much a finished version of this movie that could be released at any time when the reality is no there wasn't and even now we know that there wasn't and that's just because he's getting to do more stuff we even snyder himself essentially confirmed that there was you know there was a lot of raw stuff but there was not an assembled final cut of a quote-unquote a snyder cut of the movie that could have been released so it's just i think this is going to be much ado about nothing might it be better than this than these the bastardized Whedon Snyder combination movie, probably because that was a disheveled mess. That was like two, di- literally two movies, two different directors' movies jammed into one to try to make a to, to make it work. Uh, but does this mean this movie is going to be substantially better? Probably not. It's the same yeah. basic idea. You're not going to take it from a four or a five to a nine or a ten. Yeah, I, I mean, it's possible. We always have to say objectively, it's possible. But it's not likely either based on his track record or based on what what we've seen what we've seen so far. And once we found out that it was going to be like, oh, this was going to be like released in episodes and it was going to be like four one hour episodes. It's like now it, you definitely have to take into consideration that this is going to be <laughs> just in raw footage and raw material put together. It's going to be at least realistically, it's probably going to be like an hour and 15, 15 minutes longer than the longest cut. W, you know, WBDC would have given him for a theatrical release. Uh, obviously, we knew they had a two-hour basically limit on Joss Whedon's movie, and supposedly they said that to Snyder, too, and he laughed because he thought they were joking. Now, two hours might have been a little... I think cut, make forcing you to do two hours would, would be pushing it, but you also don't need a two-hour, two 45-minute cut of everything, either. So he... It's some of this is grandiose and the thing that you have to know. I think we talked about this. It's like you had to know going into a project. But he did BVS. He, there was no way he should have ever dreamed in a million years he could ever get something close with three hour three hour theatrical cut of that movie. He's lucky it was as long as it was. Uh, it's just for multiple reasons, you know, multiple showings. Uh, there's people get people get antsy and agita in their seats for sitting for long periods of time. So the reality is, yeah, I think. I think this is so overhyped. I'm so sick of hearing about the Snyder Cut. I would like to be surprised that this movie is going to, this, again, in quotes, this movie, this version of the Justice League is going to be substantially better. Maybe it's going to be more cohesive. I'd, I'd like, it'll be interesting to see if any of the dynamic, like, if the dynamics change between, let's say, even though they kind of laid the groundwork for the Barry Batman dynamic, which we'll talk about in a few minutes. Anyway, you know, but the reality is, it'll be interesting to see if some of those the interplay changes on, on some basic level. But yeah, I and and the hollow and to me in a way the hallelujah crap is is the music just that just that just kind of just reeks again of uh, ego and and just you know over the topness that Snyder kind of is known for at times or it kind of has become known for. And uh, we're not going to go into it. Suffice it to say, you know, let's let that play out uh, the way it the way it needs to. Notice, folks, none of that was a commentary on the whole Ray Fisher 
stuff that he's been saying about Joss Whedon and how he conducted himself and treats people. And Jeff. Uh, and Jeff as well. So uh, I'm uh, still, I mean, it's, it's an interesting thing to deal with, especially in our country where, you know, innocent until proven guilty, but also we should listen to the victims of things. So I, uh, you know, it's it's an interesting line to walk. So I'm I don't think we'll we'll be talking about that or whatever. We're strictly talking about the movie itself and not the politics behind it. So um, that being said, uh, the only one section of the show that we don't have a trailer or anything to play audio from the information that came out regarding the Flash movie. Yes, and I, and I, I I wanted to sandwich this one in, in here because it's, I think it seems to be a natural transition point before we get to the last trailer. That a lot of, obviously a lot of things we mentioned this last week. The fact that Ben you know Ben Affleck was is coming back to either be Batman or Bruce Wayne. It's still up in the air. Really, we just know for the only thing we really know is that he's going to be in. The Flash movie, assuming this movie finally ever gets made, <laughs> the Ezra Miller Flash movie, which is supposed to be based on Flashpoint. We just don't know how tightly and religiously they're going to follow that storyline. Uh, it seems like they're going much more in the multiverse concept, maybe more than time travel. Uh, so you don't know how it's going to play out. We know that they're going to be this is where, you know, and I'm not saying this to be in, to be a smart ass, but this is where, you know, reading what people say and not reading into it is important. Some people, not many people, but I know some people have have, spec, have j- jumped on the language that was being used, which was paraphrasing, saying that the relationship between Barry and the Ben Affleck Batman is has like a it's emotionally important or significant to the plot or the in that or the movie. And some people have jumped into saying automatically assuming, oh, that means that you know Ben Affleck's role in the movie is not a cameo, and it's like, well, that's not necessarily what it really means. They're just telling you that the relationship. The relevance of the relationship between Batman and, and Barry Allen, Bruce and Barry Allen, that clearly you have to assume it's in the beginning of the movie, that that the, re- the relevance of that and what resonates between the two of them plays out throughout the majority of the movie, then it carries forward. If I had to bet money, I would bet that Ben Affleck's in the beginning of the movie, and depending on what happens with you know, how flash-pointy this movie is and where you end up, the DCU ends up at the end, maybe he's at the end of the movie. Maybe. But... I don't think he's going to have a major role in, in the majority of the movie. I think it's going to – it may not be like a, a two-minute cameo, but do I think Ben Affleck's going to be on screen for 20 minutes in this movie? No. I think it's going to be very, very small, especially since he just signed off on this not like a, like a week or so ago and he just read the script. So the odds are he, his role in the script probably is not expansive. Now, what's more intriguing about this is, of course, the the – I guess the first close to official confirmation that Michael Keaton will be coming back is is the '89 Batman. The idea that you know we they had that little that little again like story almost like story board board or artistic renderings of the Flash in his new suit supplied by Batman. Now, mind you, they don't say which Batman supplies it. There is no confirmation which Batman helps making that suit, but they show like more in the like the organic suit. I think they refer to it as, and you see in the background, it certainly is the 89 Michael Keaton Batman. So the idea that Michael, that maybe some of the speculation is, you know, that instead of the Thomas Wayne, it's Batman, that he'll be in, that Barry Allen basically will be interacting with the Michael Keaton version of Batman instead. So it'd be more, 
in the sense that the multiverse seems to be much more relevant in what they're trying to go with here as opposed to just a time travel story and playing with the past, that it would make sense maybe that Bruce Wayne, that the Michael Keaton Bruce Wayne is um, going to be the gateway to that, which would be cool. It'd be nice to see Michael Keaton come back. The, the thing I like about Michael Keaton's never really ran away from that role. You know, he's never really had issues with, you know, in a way, because that's the role that kind of proved people wrong about him. That a lot of he was, that Michael Keaton at the time was just a comedic actor, which is part of the criticism. And, we'll, and when people, you know, and I'll talk, we'll talk about this in relation to, to the Batman trailer too, that that was, that was the reason he took the heat because he was a comedic actor and did nothing in his resume. Those, which I think are the main reasons when people complain about casting. It's one or combination of both of these that an actor is, is that they, they're not known for doing that. They, they're not known for doing this kind of material and that they don't have enough – and their resume is thin enough where people don't know if they if, – uh, oh, correct. No, I, I said that wrong. Those are one and the same. That people – that their resume is thin and people don't know if they're right for the material and they don't physically look like the character they're cast for. It does not necessarily mean you're gender swapping or race swapping. It just means you don't look like the character is written. Like Jack – like Tom Cruise being Jack Reacher. Jack, I never read Jack Reacher books, but Jack Reacher fans hated Tom Cruise being cast as Jack Reacher because Jack Reacher is supposed to be like this six foot nine, huge and physically intimidating guy. And instead, they cast Tom Cruise, who's like five foot six. Has nothing to do with Tom Cruise's acting ability. It's just that the physicality and the size of Jack Reacher was important to the role. So when people react in a certain way, it's not because it's oh they're sexist or they're racist or or, or it's your gender swap. It's because some people are just purists when they see how, how and or or the f- certain physical aspect to a character is important, and then it sometimes has to do with the actor. And, and, and I don't know if they can pull that off. So Michael Keaton had to had to deal with that. Both of those, you know, both of those really. But he but but he but he kind of embraced it. And did you ever see the did you ever see that scene that that scene that a YouTube video of him doing the commencement address? No. He did a comm- I forget how many. It was a couple of years ago. He did a commencement address, and he was speaking to people. And like he comes, and at the very end, he goes, "I just want to leave you with two words. If I can leave you with just two words, these are the, these are the two most important words I can leave you." And it's like, and he just leans in, and he leans in, and goes quiet for a second. He goes, "I'm Batman." <laughs> so he's always so I, which of course, if he's in this movie, they have to have him say that line. You know, they have to have. That's kind of like the iconic thing from "I'm Batman." So, but so I like so I like that idea in the Flash movie that Michael Keaton will be in it. I I I do obviously they'll be if they're going with the, the relationship between the Batfleck Barry Allen. They're clearly and I'm not saying it's anything wrong with it, but they're 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 clearly mining the Tony Stark Peter Parker relationship to have between Bruce Wayne and and Barry Allen, which is okay. But that seems to be the relationship that they're that they're going in. I'm kind of excited. I'm more based on those two things, the Michael Keaton and the Ben Affleck thing. I'm kind of more intrigued about the Flash movie than probably I had been before. Um, the only other thing you missed was not that it was super important, but how this version of Flash got his name, uh, and that is through the Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover Arrowverse event, because we all know. Uh, if you saw that, that uh, Ezra Miller's Flash appears in there um, when Barry first enters the Speed Force uh, in in that film, um, and you know Barry, our Barry of the Arrowverse says, you know, 
the Flash and Ezra's version goes, what is that? Like, oh, the Flash, you know, like that's how he that's gets That's right. I almost forgot about that. That's true. Um, uh, I, mean, the, I thought the other cool part was uh, them sort of alluding to the friendship that uh, Flash and Cyborg are supposed to have in, in the film universe where, you know, right before Ezra Miller's Flash fades away out of the scene, you know, kind of, and it sort of trails off as he says this, but he's like, I told Victor this was possible. <laughs> so, you know, not only is the Arrowverse sort of the connection for how he gets his name, it's probably also how he figures out about the multiverse, because it sounds like it's just a theory to Ezra Miller's Flash until this moment where he gets the name, and now, through that line, I told Victor this was possible. I don't know how connected they're going to make all those threads between the TV universe uh, and that scene uh, with this film, but it's possible, so that's there. Um, Another thing, just, I'm only mentioning it, just to say we're not mentioning it, (laughs) is all the politics that would have to go into the Ezra Miller stuff. So, you know, the idea of if they ever do this movie in terms of, you know, how long it's been rumored and talked about and is it Flashpoint and is it not? Now you also have this other layer on top of it about whatever happens with this Ezra Miller stuff. But they, but to be honest, they, they have, as, as a studio, they have so completely ignored and not done anything or even mentioned the Ezra Miller stuff. It's hard to believe that uh, barring, any, barring another development, adding, you know, gasoline to the fire it doesn't seem like they're they are willing to do anything about whether they which is you know a whole nother ball of wax and it's a whole nother episode for about you know we can talk about different things and double standards but the reality is maybe because of their ties to uh fantastic beasts and the ties to the dceu that for now they i think they've decided hey you know elongated man you're fired but you know you choking a woman nah, we're gonna overlook that for now based on the reaction i don't i don't think you know that's the, the axe is coming anytime soon for Ezra Miller because... But they, still a possibility. Anything's a possibility, but since they did, yeah. since they certainly skirted the issue completely once again, you know, in this, and they were talking, you know, I think they, I think there's every reason to believe that he's not going anywhere, unless something else were to happen. Gotcha. Uh, but again, you know, politics, we're not going to bother with that. We're talking about the content. So, uh, you know, hey, I'm excited to see it. Uh, you know, there's a lot of potential for comedy and levity and love, uh, science, really cool visual effects, stuff like that in a, in a Flash movie. We've never had a Flash movie. Nope. Uh, so, unless we're talking about Flash! <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, the, op- the season opener to season- Flash Season 6, uh, playing that song was, yeah, that was, was just choice. Uh, um but uh, either way, uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to it. But right now, all we have is just sort of, you know, news and rumors and, you know, the occasional confirmation here and there. I'll wait till we see something. Um, I'm really hoping that we don't have the usage of the color palette that has been used in the DCU movie, EU movies thus far. In the Flash movie, I feel like the Flash movie should be bright and vibrant with the saturation cranked up and the vibrance cranked up and, you know, and, and, and reds being super red and yellows being really crisp behind that bat symbol. And, you know, I really, I really don't want 
any of the the sort of stifled, more realistic, you know, you know, uh, toned down sort of colors. I really want those vibrant colors. That's when I think flash, I just think, you know, energetic and vibrant and fast and funny and, you know, like all this stuff, and especially with the flash show being on as long as it was. And Hey, even the flash show from the nineties, man, there's a lot of fun and levity and vibrance to that show, not just tonally, but also like, visually a lot of vibrance to that so i think when people think of live action flash they think of they think of these bright colors and 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 the energy that you know that that contains so i i I really hope that they translate that into the film as well you just have to worry about if if the michael keaton batman is going to be a huge role and if it's taking place in the burton in the quote-unquote burton verse then you have to worry about the brightness factor right there. <laughs> well, if it ta- if it physically takes place in the Burton verse, I won't mind. But if it takes place in you know uh, in in this this quote unquote this universe, and it's like that, I, because if you do it in the Burton verse, I'm assuming you're going to get the stupid, ridiculous sort of statues and you know that make up buildings and shit well, and like all well don't forget most of that sh- most of that crap was in the Schumacher, uh, Schumacher yeah i know i know but you know in in sort in terms of visual call outs i think i wouldn't be surprised if they sort of meld those two worlds together for so for when he en- enters this so that this this gotham that he goes into would look more gothic and more intense um so I would not be surprised if we sort of get not necessarily the full, you know, 20, 30 story tall Atlas sort of statues and stuff uh, with Batmobiles driving down it and shit. But like, (laughs) (laughs) but, but, you know, sort of, uh, sort of happy medium between those, those two different films or those four different films rather. So either way, uh, yeah, that not a whole lot to talk about content wise, but, you know, uh, that's my hopes for the Flash film. Not only that it's good, but that it, it just it sort of nails that tone that I that I think of when I think of live action Flash. We can hope for that. Yes, let's keep our fingers crossed. And last but not least, yes, last but not least, arguably here. So let's go with the Batman DC fandom teaser Warner Brothers picture site. So we're at zero mark. So let's begin this this this. This could, this should be a, of course we're tired, but this should be a, a, a trailer that at least gets some ideas thrown out there between the two of us. Let's right. roll.
celebrity. Why is he writing to you? If you are justice, please do not lie. What is the price for your blind eyes? The hell are you supposed to be? to say about it really? uh well no so yes and no uh i'm i'm sure based on whatever you know uh topics you bring up we i'm obviously going to engage but in terms of my own thoughts on it i've been saying for a long time now um that it's a shame that we have yet to have a batman movie that showcases oh i don't know the world's greatest detective who first appeared in a comic called Detective Comics. We have yet to have a Detective Batman movie. If they do a dark and gritty Batman movie with a serious take on the Riddler and don't do a good job of interpreting the detective aspect of the world's greatest detective, I'ma be pissed. That being said, this is a first trailer. You guys can bitch and complain about Robert Pattinson till the cows come home. I don't care. I was initially like you and like, you know what? Oh, that's a weird choice. Glittery vampire. Don't want that. Guess what? Never saw Twilight don't really care i don't really have a leg to stand on there so i'm just gonna let that go um and i'm not going to take the time and uh, do the research to see robert pattinson's other roles to see his range and what he's capable of i'm gonna let this movie do its thing it's a dc movie i'm going to see it regardless so i'm just gonna wait till it comes out and see what it does as far as my expectations, as far as what I want to see, if they do a realistic Riddler and don't interpret the detective aspects of Batman in a well-done way, I'm going to flip. Because it's been so long. So you, you, can, you can talk up the Nolan trilogy all you want. The closest we got to Detective Batman in that film was Bruce using tech to reconstruct a bullet and pull a fingerprint. That's the closest we got. And even then, 
It was just, I have an idea. I'm going to have the tech do it for me. Oh, and by the way, it was mostly an idea from Fox to begin with. So, like, in terms of that, I've always wanted a good detective Batman film. It doesn't have to be full-on detective where it's, like, freaking Maltese Falcon all the way through, really noir, blah, blah, blah. That would be cool as shit, especially if you did a Golden Age Batman movie. Whatever. Not going to go there. That's never going to happen. But I I just I want to see good interpretation Detective Batman. And if you're going to do gritty and you're going to do realistic Riddler, this is the time to do it. And if they don't, I'm going to flip. That's all I got. So we'll have to wait for that flipping. Uh, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but we know it'll be a worthwhile episode. My, my positive things to say about this trailer revolve that – revolve around that too i like the first of all i like the idea that the riddler is the main villain because we know that even though obviously the jim carrey version of the riddler is memorable for multiple for depending on one's interpretation for different reasons but and frank gorshin's riddler is being pretty legendary from the tv show the reality is from a theatrical perspective we only have had the riddler at one time it's not been a while they've gone they've you know gone down multiple times and the Riddler's overdue. So the idea of doing a dramatic turn on the a version on the Riddler, certainly doing playing up the idea of the Riddler potentially being an intellectual equal or trying to prove that he's an intellectual equal or superior to Batman. I like that idea. Yes, we, they constantly downplay the detective thing probably because from a cinematic perspective, just from their, this would be their justification because from a cinematic perspective, that's probably going to be boring to people who are expecting a superhero movie. And if, if he spends a, if he spends a huge chunk of his time in the lab or doing research and figuring things out, it's not. It doesn't make for you know. It's kind of like the but, show, the telling, not showing kind of thing. But but and I don't mean to interrupt. I was I was I I promised that I wasn't going to let you. I wasn't going to interrupt. And don't, get, and but, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that I agree with this. I'm just playing devil's advocate and saying that might right. That's probably but, why. But some of the best superhero films that have ever been made are superhero films that are, 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 are another genre that just so happen to be superhero films. Like, uh, it's a well I come back to a lot, Winter Soldier. That was like a spy thriller sort of film. And from the looks of things, it looks like the Black Widow movie might be the same. And being set up for similar success, but it looks it, 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 that was a spy thriller that just so happened to be a superhero film. If you could totally do an entertaining, engaging, stimulating, like mystery thriller Batman movie, it's entirely possible with. You know, nice cut scenes, camera turn reveals, you know, uh, flashback sequences, whatever the, the tropes that people use in those types of films are, when all the pieces start coming together and the, the twists and turns are just shockingly revealed and shit, where you're like, oh god, I didn't see that shit coming. Like, it's, it's happened in many a mystery thriller sort of film. You could do a mystery filler, thriller film just so happens to feature Batman. You could, and you probably could do a good job under the right circumstances. I don't know if if 
and again, we don't know what this movie is going to be. Matt Reeves has a he has a good rep, so we have to see if it's debatable whether WB would go along that go along that route and think that that would be a successful take, especially coming off the Nolan trilogy. Not that the Nolan trilogy was just all beat him up and everything else, but uh, but I'm I was so that I would just suspect that that. That, that might be if we don't get entirely as much detective work, though I think we will get. I think we will get some. Uh, I was just saying that, you know, like I said, spitballing. I'm playing devil's advocate. I do think, but I think that is the appeal to this. I think Jeffrey Wright as Gordon is cool, which is kind of funny because I saw this article today, which to me was complete garbage, which was insinuating that people were that there was a real pushback to, to Jeffrey Wright being cast as Gordon. And of course, they were trying to make it. It was a meme because you know how memes are. It's like they make you. It's like they make you laugh for a split second until you start picking apart all the things that are wrong with it. And they kind of were making it racial about making it so like, oh, you're people who are upset about Je- Jeffrey Wright being Gore about. I think they just actually phrased it about like Gordon Gordon being black or whatever. But they didn't care that like Raz Al Ghul was you know was Liam Neeson. And it's like no, I haven't. The majority of people have not complained one iota about Jeffrey Wright being Gordon. There's always going to be some people, but like I said, people usually pick one of the two. People are going to pick people who will complain. It's not necessarily because oh they got sheets in the closet and and, and they're going to burn it across on somebody's lawn. They just know what Commissioner Gordon normally looks like, kind of like Flash Thompson. We know what Flash Thompson normally is like. So when they recast all of Spider-Man's friends and Homecoming to be complete, to, for the most part, to be complete opposites of what they were. Flash Gordon became this small, little, a small, rich, little, snotty Indian kid, as opposed to this big, relatively perceived to be dumb jock who was like. A, you said Flash Gordon. Oh yes, you're right. You got Flash Gordon in my head. Flash Thompson. I apologize. Sorry, Flash. You're not dumb. Well, maybe, but in that movie, he actually was. In the Steve Jones movie, he was dumb. And the serials, he wasn't. But I digress. Yes, Flash Thompson was supposed to be this big, all-American jock-looking guy who was he was intimidating, so you could understand whether Peter Parker stood up to him or not, why he could be intimidated. So that's changing. It's a minor character, but when they made that change, it's like people might, people were like, okay, that's you're changing a, a, the essence of a character because, again, the physicality. But with Jeffrey Wright, people respect Jeffrey Wright as an actor, and there was no, and I don't think there's been an issue with that. It just bothered me, so it was related to this, so, so, so it stood out, but it comes back to people being responding to casting. You come to the Robert Pattinson thing. Seeing everything in this movie, there's, there's nothing that really convinces, that convinces me about Robert Pattinson, but I'm not dead set against it. But the thing that, and this is why I wanted to sandwich this segment the way I did between uh, the Justice League stuff, the Flash news, and this. The one thing we learned a long time ago from the Michael Keaton movie going forward is that in the big picture, playing Batman is easy. Playing Bruce Wayne is hard. You, Bruce Wayne is the challenge. Robert Pattinson, I think, that's going to be a hard sell to believe he's Bruce Wayne. He doesn't look like Bruce Wayne. He's going to have to really act. And I'm not saying he can't. I think Robert Pattinson is actually a good actor. He's got to give a lot. There's got to be a whole different vibe off of him as Bruce Wayne to kind of get – because Bruce Wayne is really the mask and Batman is really who who, – the the heart of the character. You look back. You look back. Almost everybody's been a decent. Even George Clooney in that horrible movie. When he's in the suit, that George Clooney was passable as Batman. His Bruce Wayne was atrocious. He played George Clooney. 
this warm, fuzzy guy who that's not Bruce Wayne. That's what Christian Bale did brilliantly. He was a really good Bruce Wayne. That's what Val Kilmer showed you before. He, I don't like Val Kilmer's Batman as much. But until we got to Christian Bale, that aloofness, that coldness, but there was some warmth, warmth under the surface. That's what Bruce Wayne kind of should be. He didn't look like Bruce Wayne because you know they didn't darken his hair enough and things like that. He was more, but the reality, but but he had that. There was an essence of Bruce Wayne that he got. That's what Michael Keaton. That was the failing of the Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton's Batman was fine. Michael Keaton's Batman was still a little too warm, a little too approachable. That's not really the way Bruce Wayne, I think, would is as a character. But that's what Christian Bale got. I think the problem with this, yeah, anybody can put on a suit and, and do the voice and you have the, have the weapons and things like that. I think the stumbling block is, you, is that he's got a, he's really going to have to prove that he can be Bruce Wayne. And that was a one, that was a really excellent, not the one, but one of the most excellent things about Batman Begins being structured the way it was, is that you, that it was Bruce Wayne, that you saw Bruce Wayne, you understood Bruce Wayne as he became, as he became Batman. And even though, yes, ultimately Bruce Wayne really is the mask, but you understood, that there was that essence of that duality of that character, how he is behind closed doors and how you got to play up the, uh, Oh, kind of like the drunken, you know, the drunken billionaire party, care, you know, care, you know, still care in the world kind of guy, just to, to throw, even just to throw people off the track and to make you seem so less serious that no one would even think twice. You don't want, you don't want like a, a you don't want a, 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 such an openly, if he is this way, just a Bruce Wayne that seems out of sorts to begin with and doesn't really fit in because then why would you not think he would be Batman? <laughs> <laughs> you know, he would he would be a lot more likely to be on your suspect list if he if he said like this. There's something really odd about this guy. Um, I I that's 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 pretty much it. For my thoughts on this. I think, like I said, when people respond when people respond to casting, it's because of what they've done and and not you're not resembling the characters. So people have doubts about Pattinson because he doesn't seem to have bulked up. So you don't necessarily have to be like the Ben Affleck version. Though I think Ben Affleck did a good job of reflecting what Batman probably would physically have to be like if you were not using real armor or tons of body armor all the time in order to be able to do the things you do. That you and and this fighting style. We've never and still to this point we've never seen that. That was a that scene in BVS when he was like in the warehouse rescuing uh, Mar uh, Mar Martha Kent there. That that was a, that was like the best Batman we've ever seen. The closest thing to how Batman would probably be in real life up to this point. So I think there's doubt about the physicality of Pattinson, and there's a, and some people doubted, you know, and, and the looks, but some people doubted his resume. I think I don't. He's done serious stuff, so I think he can do it. It's not like it's not like Heath Ledger, where Heath Ledger had, you know, there was questions about Heath Ledger at the time um, to a certain at extent. Some, at, at some point, you just have to trust. Matt Reeves. Yeah, you you do. You 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 have to. I mean, it's like because, but you but you also, and I agree with you. But you also can understand in some instances why people get nervous. Like when Michael Keaton was cast, you know, you're talking about Mr. Mom. You're talking about you know, I think Night Shift was the first movie he did, which is really funny if you never watched it with Shelley Long and Henry Winkler. That that's what he's known for. It would be just like if they had cast Tom Hanks as Batman around the same time. Tom Hanks was known for Splash and Bosom Buddies. And um, 
I just there was another one that the oh big and things like you know, Hutch. Top, what? What was it? Hutch? What's the name? The the one with the dog? Turner and Hooch. Turner and Hooch. I just don't. Mean, I just I just in my mind I don't remember if Turner and Hooch came out before or after Batman uh, eighty nine. I don't. But it was it was around that time. But I'm pretty sure. But I know Splash came Same out. Same year, eighty nine. Was yeah. Okay. So that would be viable then. Turner and Hooch, Splash, um, Bachelor Party, Bosom Buddies. If Tom Hanks had been cast for this role in 1989, this is not the Tom Hanks that had yet to do Philadelphia and Forrest Gump and Apollo 13 and so forth and so on. He would have been saddled with the same kind of stuff. He doesn't really look like Bruce Wayne. He's not physically built like Bruce Wayne. He's a comedic actor. You know, and This was just around the time frame when he was really starting to do the romantic comedies, too, which sort of stretching him a little bit, I guess, in the eyes of the public, just not just your normal slapstick kind of. You know, like Dragnet, and you're just you kind of like your goofy kind of comedy. So there's a certain understandable when people react a certain way viscerally. It's, there's, there's sometimes there's, there's logical reasons for it. I didn't get upset when they cast Pattinson. I certainly didn't get upset when they cast Affleck because I thought that was that was pretty perfect. Um, certainly for Batman, that was pretty for pretty perfect. So I'm just cons- we have to see what his Bruce Wayne is like. I mean, any I think almost anybody as long as you. As long as you have the right jawline and the suit and the cowl is made the right way, I think almost anybody can look passable in the suit. The question is, when you're not in the suit, and when you're not in action, even if you're wearing the suit, are you believable in that role? We 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 you know we have to see, but there are there are things that are that are intriguing in this. I know some people actually would worry about it being too crowded because you know you have the Riddler and you got the Penguin and you got Catwoman, but again, I don't buy into that because we've had plenty of movies. That have had tons of people in it, and as long as it's well, as long as it's well conceived and well written, you know, Spider-Man Three is not the go-to reason that everybody. Every time there's a movie with lots of characters in it, Spider-Man Three shouldn't be brought up in comparison because Spider-Man Three sucked because it was written poorly. It didn't matter how many characters were in it. It could have been one. Venom could have been completely out of that movie, and that movie still wasn't written well. So it's not necessarily the number. I mean, look at Batman Begins. Batman Begins had a whole crap ton of people in Batman. You know. Uh, and so and so forth. That, you know, you had what what, Fal- what Falcone, and you had and you had Roz, and you had uh, Scarecrow, and you. So that it doesn't matter if it's well written, it can work. So that doesn't concern me. I I'm intrigued, but I'm not, I, I'm intrigued, but unconvinced. I guess that's the simplest way of my analysis of that tra- after seeing the trailer. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. Uh, like I said, I, I won't. I don't have much to say about it. The, the The trailer looks cool. Visually, I had a couple of problems with the sort of emo looking nature of of uh, Bruce. Yes. There. So, yeah, I, I I don't know, but again, it all just sort of comes down to I'm going to see it anyways. So I'm just going to wait and see what they have concocted. Uh, and then I'll lose my shit afterwards if need be. <laughs> Sounds like a fair deal. <laughs> All right. Uh, anything else we want to talk about tonight? No, I think this. I think we've got quite enough out of out of uh, more than we probably originally figured we were going to get out of this. Slightly. I've got I've got one thing to say before Mark gives us uh, how people can reach us, and it's not like a, a topic we'll be discussing. But uh, as we record this, it is Tuesday, August 25th. On Friday, 
the 28th. <laughs> I know where you're going now. Bill and Ted Face the Music comes out. I have already pre-ordered it. It'll hit my Voodoo account the day it's supposed to, and I'll be watching it that day because guess who's off on Fridays? <laughs> so, if you don't see this movie, you're dumb. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. If you don't want to see it, you don't want to see it. Whatever. But if you have any interest in seeing this movie, I know the I paid twenty three dollars for the pre order price over on uh, Vudu. Came with a, a little extra digital bonus content or whatever. That's fine. If you don't want to pay that much, if you don't, if you think that amount of money to own a digital copy is crazy, whatever. I understand. But if you have any interest in seeing. Bill and Ted back on the screen and you can spare the cash pre-order it or buy it day of because I want this movie to succeed so hard. I don't want to, obviously I don't want the franchise to become oversaturated. I don't want there to be, you know, I don't want it to become a land before time, <laughs> you know, where it just gets worse and worse and worse as we go, but they keep putting them out for some damn reason. Um, so, uh, but I, I just, I love Bill and Ted and I want this movie to succeed because they actually they took the time on this one and they were very thoughtful on this one. And they've been trying to push this one for years. So if they if it gets so successful, they decide to do Bill and Ted four and it sucks. That's on them. But let's make them this movie successful because it's had a lot of people pushing it to this point for a long time. Do you know, do so, we, do we know what the budget is on that movie? Uh, I don't. I can Google it. So, I'm trying to find it. it's been so the sad part because of COVID. Um, I had uh, ten million. No, yeah. no, twenty-five million. Sorry, is it really twenty-five? That's a lot. Twenty-five million USD. Jeez, that's surprising that it's that high. Um, it. I'm sure it's gonna. It's gonna. I don't think it'll lose money. I think it'll probably break. Even yeah, I have to go back and find the other website that I had because they since friggin' box office mojo got taken over by IMD Pro, all the all the a lot of the in the intricacies that you used to find for when it comes to comparison and numbers you can't get for free anymore, and I'm certainly not certainly not paying for it. If we earn we earned money from this website from this job, I would. But but there was another site, there was another free site that I visited to give you that gave you numbers and comparisons and box office totals, and off the top of my head, I forget what it is because the fact that. I, we haven't, we haven't had box office numbers to look at in almost six months. Um, but, yeah, so 25, it'll do well. If I'm going to see it anytime soon, I'm going to have no choice but to pay for it one way or the other, no matter where I pay for it, because in the great state of New York, we still can't friggin' go to the movies. Uh, that has, so even though theaters have been opening up around the country in some places, we're not one of them. So who the hell knows when that that's going to happen. It kind of kind of sucks. So... Yeah, maybe I'll maybe yeah. the, maybe I'll check it out this weekend. If not, I'll check it out. I'll check it out soon because I, I've, obviously we'll figure we'll try to set a time ahead of time when we're going to do that episode, and that that'll give me a time frame for when I when I absolutely have to watch it by, just in case. But yeah, maybe maybe the price will drop after after a certain period of time. But that, not that that's critical in this case because I won't be doing it all the time. Though of course we don't know what the we don't know what the deal is with Black Widow yet either. We're gonna have to wait and see what the deal is with that. Whether they're gonna actually stick to that theatrical release or or do the the Mulan formula uh, for that. But yeah, no. I, but 
Yeah, I've got the Bill and Ted uh, Excellent Adventure and Bogus Journey Steelbooks, 30th Anniversary Steelbook Collector's Editions. So tomorrow, Wednesday, uh, I'll watch Excellent Adventure. Thursday, I'll watch Bogus Journey. And Friday, I'll watch Face the Music. So that's my plan. And you're sticking to it. That's right. All right. If you guys have thoughts on DC Fandom, uh, any of the stuff we've talked about, any of the stuff we didn't talk about, any of the stuff they didn't talk about, um, <laughs> uh, or hey, Bill and Ted face the music expectations. Uh, Mark, how can they reach out to us? Lanterncast.com is the website. Lanterncast at gmail.com is the easiest way to email us. Uh, Twitter and Facebook, use hashtag GLCast to locate us there. or on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. So whichever platform or platforms you listen to us, um, please leave us a positive review. Last but not least, if you like to leave us a voicemail or, you know, you could text us too. It is a phone number. <laughs> Feel free. 708-LANTERN. 708-LANTERN. You could leave us a voicemail or text us your thoughts if you want to communicate with us that way, if it's easier for you. And uh, everybody text. So if you want to get your feedback in, then that's a nice, quick, easy way to do the feedback, and we can uh, we can roll through those in, in a future episode. And we don't entirely know what we're doing next. Uh, could be, probably will be an issue review. Still could be, still could be the Green Lantern. Could be Far Sector. If Chad really wants to do Far Sector before Green, the Green Lantern, I don't care. In the sense that I, I'm more than happy to do it. Not just because I won't be redoing the actual summary, but just because if, if that pumps him up more, I'm more than happy to do that. But we'll, but in all likelihood, It'll be one of those two, but there's always, but there's also another, there's always other possibilities. Jim and I are going to be, rec- should be recording a pre-birth real soon as well. So once, whenever that gets done, there's always a chance that'll be released before, before we do another proper episode or breaking up the episodes we're talking about doing. But that's pretty yeah, much and it. We're, we're, and we're, we're coordinating other stuff that just requires a little bit more time and research. So, uh, all right, guys, we'll talk to you later. Good night, everybody. Good night.